You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, uh, how you doing, sir? How you doing, ma'am? Just want to talk to you for a minute. Can I do that? Oh, uh, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, ma'am. Hello. How you doing? How you doing? Hello. Oh, how you doing? How you doing? Hello. Oh, how your people's them
is up, everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio 2.0. Yes, we usually air on Monday nights, but we have a special edition of Transformation Radio Radio 2.0 on tonight. Listen, this is a place where we provide a safe space for the uncomfortable and unpopular conversations that are connected to our personal life transformations. My name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, transformation coach, author, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of purpose. That's right, living a life full of purpose. I say it all the time. There is purpose wrapped up inside of you. If you are second-guessing whether there's purpose inside of you, I want you to do the exercise I always encourage everybody to do. Breathe in, breathe out. If you just breathe in and then exhale, there's still breath in your body. And as long as there's breath in your body, purpose yet remains. All right, let's keep going. Tonight's intro song was called Move by Flame. I picked that song tonight because I want to encourage those that are out there that you know it's time for you to make some uh, moves in your life, to put some action to your faith, but you've been waiting around for 10 people to confirm it, 15 people to confirm it, 20 people to confirm it. You're waiting for something catastrophic to happen. I encourage you to move, move with purpose, and I guarantee you, you will be the catastrophic thing that happens, all right? In everything that I do, I endeavor to create an environment and a culture where people with diverse backgrounds and belief systems feel safe and appreciated, okay? The same can be said about this radio show. Now, the reason why I said that is because the phone lines are going to be open throughout the night, okay? You can ask questions to myself. You can ask questions to our guests. You know, you can even put some input in the conversation if something is said that sparks something in you. But please understand, due to our limited time, I must limit caller's time to 60 to 90 seconds. 60 to 90 seconds. Okay, guys, don't get upset if I cut you off. The reason why I'm doing that is I want to give everybody the opportunity to call in and share what they desire to share, as well as I want to give our guests time to share what they came on the show to share. Okay, so if I have to cut you off, don't take it personal. Just understand that I'm just trying to make sure that everything goes as smoothly as possible. Also, callers, you are expected to be respectful of our guests, our call, other callers, and myself. You may guess you have the right to disagree. We all have the right to disagree with each other, but we must do it in a manner that displays respect. And I believe that if we can all do it from that place of respect, we leave an opportunity for all of us to learn and grow together, okay? And that's really what it's all about. It's not about me trying to make you believe what I believe, but it's about us growing and evolving together, all right? So here we go. Here's the call-in number. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. I also want some of you to call in and tell us, our area, you know, you were listening to the song, it was talking about moving, uh, some areas in your life you know that you got you have to make some moves in. Share some of that with us, all right, so we can touch and agree with you and believe God for the success of that move that you're making. All right, so here we go. Now, without further ado, I'm excited to welcome our guest to the show, and I want everybody to welcome him. You can clap, 
You can scream. You can holler. I mean, we won't hear any of it, but you can do whatever you want to do to welcome Mr. Willie Sanders to Transformation Radio. Will? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you this evening, Mm -hmm. sir? It's a great day to be alive, and it's an honor and a privilege to be on the show tonight. Thank you so much, man. Man, no problem, no problem. We're we're excited to have you on this show. Like I said, even before we came on this show, I believe that this is going to be an awesome conversation. So we thank you for joining us tonight and for your willingness to share with our audience. So here's uh, it's a privilege, man. Okay. Oh man, yeah. I, I definitely understand. Anytime I get to share my story, I believe it's a privilege as well. So I definitely understand that. So here's how we're going to start the conversation, okay? Um, okay. I'm going to read something from your bio. And those of you who watch the show, you know I don't read bios because I like for you to be introduced to our guest throughout the conversation. But tonight, I had to read this part of the bio because it stuck out to me. So much, all right? Here's what it says. Everyone has a story. I'm passionate about helping others by encouraging you, helping you become more accountable by sharing your life experiences and sharing your life-changing story of how, or sharing my life-changing story of how I overcame adversity. Now, that part of your bio really stuck out to me, and there's some words I really want us to unpack to start the conversation. Okay. And that one first word I want us to unpack is the accountability part, the mm. accountability. You said that you, you, you know, you want to help people become more accountable. Now, where did that come from, or, or you know, in your, your whole process of that, where do you see the lack of accountability or where you've experienced lack of accountability in your own personal life? Well, the the lack of accountability that in my own personal life is just um, not accepting who I am. And mm-hmm. when you don't accept, when you don't accept who you are, it causes you to not be your authentic self. And when yeah. you don't accept who you are, you start looking at other things um, doing other things that may feel different or you may feel like an outcast because at the end of the day it's not something you're supposed to be doing. So what I wanted to do by helping mm-hmm. people be accountable is raise the awareness by telling you what it is and calling a spade a spade. Like if I'm a friend of yours mm-hmm. and you come to me and you say something like, as a friend, I have the right. Like by you saying you trust me to be your friend, you have given me the validation and the right to say I can tell you the truth about yourself and it's something that you need to work on to be your authentic self, who I know you to be. That's why we became friends in the first place. So I like to be that. able to hold yourself ahead, accountable. Yeah, to be able to hold yourself accountable, like just me and my own personal life, I just knew that every day that I work that I was waking up that I wasn't giving a hundred percent and I knew to give a hundred percent. But the only thing I was waiting on was to tell myself to give 100%. Mm. Now, you said so much just in that small time right there, but it's something you said, and I, I really want to talk about this next. You said if you're 
somebody's friend, you know, you ought to be able to do this. Do you see a um, a change in the understanding of what a friend is through social media? Do you believe that social media has a, had an effect on the value of friendship? So that's that's a very tricky question, but for my answer, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's two answers to it that are very, um, like kind of straightforward. So I do see how society has changed it because, like I said, I mean, I'm 33. I'm old school. I'm still on, like, I was raised mm-hmm. in the Beeper area where they had pay phones and those things like that. Yeah, I so I see how <laughs> I technology, you. <laughs> you know, I see how, how technology is kind of isolated us with the people that's in front mm-hmm. of us. So just to give you a quick overview mm-hmm. what I mean is, like, so we have cell phones. There are some inventions that are has really propelled us, and there are some that made it crutches. So the Internet could do, you know, whatever it needs to do. But if you are important to me and we're sitting across from each other, you know, and we can't have a conversation, that kind of solidifies how important you are because I came to spend my time that I can't get back with you, and yet we're both on our phones. You know, so that becomes toxic. Or society has gotten to a point to where um, it's what they see. You know, they have like all these magazines and who got the most likes and the most shares. Right. But the other thing I see is no matter what society is doing, even though it's pushing you probably to go that way, at the end of the day, nothing happens without you making a, a choice. Like regardless of what society is doing, you are making a choice to do something when you know the difference between the two. Mm. Now, just going right off what you said, um, and that choice, and that's so mm-hmm. true, and, and that you know that goes right back to that accountability because sometimes you know, and I've done this before, you know, in my life, I I don't mind admitting that is that I've I had that past the buck syndrome where I didn't mm. want to take responsibility for some of the decisions that I made you know, that led to certain things in my life. Now, how do, you know, if, if somebody comes to you and they they have been caught up in, you know, doing whatever it is to fit in, how would you encourage them or what steps do you believe they need to take to get to that place where even though they know what's going on is wrong, but how can they get to a place where, they don't follow the crowd anymore. They're able to stand up and be who they are. Um, the best thing with to do, the best thing that I feel to do is is understand what the problem is. Like I mean completely understand it because this is, is, is given. But every problem that is a problem has a solution. If it doesn't have a solution, that means it was never a problem. So if I accept the fact that, you know, the first thing, I, the first step is I do is, like, as the Bible says, you know, we have to confess it to one another. So the first thing I have to do is confess it. And it's hard to do, it's hard to confess it because it's like, I feel so, it's like, it's like a, the pie syndrome is what I call it. It's like, I love, I love, you know, some red velvet. 
And if you put the red velvet, like, in the kitchen, and I go in there and get one slice, I'm going to be like, okay. And if I walk past it two more times, I'm going to be like, well, I already took one slice, so let me take another oh. one. Then by the time you realize you ate the whole cake. Right. So, and so I call it the cake syndrome because it's like you take one slice, and that one slice kind of convicts you, but then you're like, oh, well. And then now what the enemy does, is the same thing that he dangled in front of you just to say take a little bit. When you've consumed so much of it, he turns his back and be like, well, I did my job. Now I got you so far away from what you know to be true to where now you're not accepting your truth. So the first thing is mm. just just accepting it. Just just understand and accept that I made a mistake because that's what you can't stop making those in life. There's two things you're going to always have. You're going to always make mistakes. You're going to always have problems. What you got to do is learn how to be a problem solver and learn how to make better mistakes. Mm. That's good because did y'all hear that? Learn to become a problem solver and learn to make better mistakes. Now, let's talk about uh, in that another word I want to unpack from what you wrote in your bio is story. You were talking about how everybody has a story. How did you come to the reality that you had a story yourself, or did you always know that you had a story? Um, it you know what it didn't really hit me until, um, I want to say probably after I graduated college, to where that's when it really it really stuck out that you know what I I have a story that let's see graduating I probably like twenty five from college. You know, already tells you right there, I started late. So, and, and that's when I realized the dream that I had um, seen at a younger age was, like, so far away because I had to keep reality was I'm not 6'6", six, six, I wasn't 6'8", didn't score 30 points a night, but yet I felt like I was going to the NBA. Like, that's that, that was my dream. So, you know, when the realization kicked in, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to provide. I'm going to have to do what, you know, a, a man is supposed to do, and that's provide for his family um, and for himself. So when I realized that, I was just like, oh, like now I'm in a situation to where I didn't see. It's hard to be something that you don't see growing up. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. It's very hard to be something that you don't see growing up. Um, so with that, I was just like, okay, I have a story. And when I realized, and I, and I said my story the first time and so many kids, you know, were in tears, so many kids, you know, wanted me to mentor them because they can relate to knowing my story. And that's powerful though, because I think we all struggle with that from time to time. Um, with Even when we figure out we do have a story, I share all the time how sometimes I used to think, although I knew I had a story, I had a testimony, I struggled with the value of it. Uh, and I believe that, that a lot of times when you can kind of begin to master that, you'll find out, you know, even more that you can be more influential, you know, with your story. Now, so you talked about you graduated college late. Um, what were some 
of the obstacles you had to overcome in order to even go back to college. Oh, wow. So the the main obstacle that was it for me was knowing that I couldn't even go to college if I didn't get this thing called the GED. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was the first step. So for me, it was just like I, w- I was so scared to live in my truth because people knew of me, but they didn't know me. And mm-hmm. I was I was happy. I mean, I honestly, I was happy with the fact that people just knew me, you know, because it was just like that's everybody wants to matter, like period. I don't care who you are. Like Everybody wants to matter and want to be heard. So, you know, at a young age, I wanted to matter. I wanted friends. I wanted, you know, to be likable. I wanted to be, you know, that person that everybody just is like said good things about, you know, and and that's what I wanted. So when I played football, played track, played basketball, was all good at all three, could have went to any school I wanted to. That's why I said people mm-hmm. knew me, but nobody didn't know me. Like they didn't right. know my mom and dad got a divorce, and I'm going through that during my 10th grade year. Well, my sophomore year in high school. So, you know, that's that's an obstacle there that I'm just like, how do I balance basketball, football, track, going to school, and coming home to a home that doesn't feel like home because my mom and dad, you know, are, are in a place to where they're separating after so many years. And it's like, mm-hmm. how do I balance that? Like, how do I, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in between the middle of who I'm going to stay with I got decisions to make on the football team, track team, and basketball. So so that was a challenge. The next challenge was making those decisions that I didn't have to make, but I, I wanted to make that I chose to make to fit in. And when I made those choices, uh, it cost me to be incarcerated. And, you know, so that was an obstacle. And I was just like, man. So I got not graduating. I got being incarcerated. You know, and then to top it all off, you know, something that happened when I was seven was I got molested. So I got being molested. I got, you know, trying to fit in. I got, you know, not graduate from high school and, and being incarcerated. So with those obstacles, I'm like, okay, what's next? What's next? And I always tell people pain only lasts as long as you want it to. Mm-hmm. So because I didn't want I didn't want to be in pain, but the the truth the truth of the matter is, I wanted someone to feel sorry for me to get out of my pain, but no one felt sorry for me. Nobody felt sorry for me, so I knew it at some point a light bulb had to go off for me to be like, you know what? They don't talk about me. I'm gonna give them something to talk about. So I went back. To, right. Went back. Got my GED. I went back. God blessed me with a basketball scholarship to go to Arkansas Tech, and then I end up getting my my associates. It, you know, then I end up getting my bachelor's, and then I was like, wow. Like, if anybody want to judge me for who I was back then and not look at who I am now, that's a loss for them. Exactly. And that's great because I like how you share everything because you went all the way back, you know, to your preteens to talk about some mm-hmm. of the obstacles that you faced because some people feel as if 
you know, that the odds are so much against them that there's no way, no hope, no how. And you said something that really is profound because you said you wanted people to feel sorry for you, but nobody mm-hmm. would. And the power, powerful thing behind that is I've learned, because I've, you know, been there too where I wanted everybody, wanted people to feel sorry for me because of, you know, you know, certain things that happened in my life. But, I, you know, now I can look back and I'm like, God, thank you that they didn't feel sorry for me because if mm. they didn't feel sorry for me, would I have been motivated to pull myself up out of this whole thing? So I'm, I thank God that they didn't feel sorry for you so that you could come on and share your story, even how you went back, you got your GED. Then you went, you got your associates you, and were still able to play basketball. And then mm-hmm. after that, you got your bachelor's. So you really defied the odds. And I see why the young people, you know, are definitely encouraged by your story because we don't see enough of that transparency in our community for our young yeah. people. And sometimes to me, I think they feel as if they're just out there on an island going through things, you know, that nobody else has experienced. And I was telling somebody Correct. the other day, if we got to open up our mouth, and tell our story, how are they going to know that we went through some of the same things that they're facing? And now we have the principles and tools that can help them go through it a little better. Yeah, most definitely. And and and, and that's what I'm trying to build. I'm not trying. I'm building a community to where mm-hmm. I want people to, to be able. Like, I, I've learned that no one gives their self up for these three reasons. Because they feel like if I tell you something, you're going to judge me. If you're not going to judge me, right. I feel like you're going to make me feel guilty. If you're not going to make me feel guilty, I feel like you are going to make me feel ashamed. Like those are right. the three main reasons no one actually, mm-hmm. you know, opens up to say something that they want to because they feel one of those three things. And if I feel one of those three things, I won't tell you the deep, dark secret that I have that I may want to tell you. Right. But because I right. because I feel you're going to be judged, make me feel ashamed, or you're going to you know convict me, it's like I, I'm like I don't want to tell you. Right. So when you have that, I want to create an environment to where you know people can just come and just say, you know what, I can say what it is. If I did wrong, did bad, but the same energy that you get when you're doing something bad need to be the same energy when you're doing something good. So true, and, and and I'm telling you, what you just said is so powerful because it made me go back to when I was younger, and I would be home practicing, telling somebody something that I was going through, and then I remember times getting to those people that you know I looked up to at times and feeling as if no, I can't, I can't do this because I don't want to feel ashamed, I don't want to feel any of those mm-hmm. things you just listed. So. That is so yep. powerful because if we can if we can eliminate that, the freedom that so many people could experience. Now I want to ask oh, you, man. how did you get how did you get free enough to to be willing to share your story? Like how did you conquer all of those things, like the the fear, the guilt, all of those things? How did you conquer that to be willing to put yourself out there and be transparent? So. Anybody who knows, it it was all by the grace of God. It was it was no no nothing powerful that I've done, nothing 
you know, right. out of the ordinary. It was just knowing that God put me in a place to where I couldn't depend on nobody but him because so much was happening. I mean, uh-huh. I lost my grandmother. I lost my sister. I lost a close friend of mine and, like, my auntie all in the same year while I was in, like, a sophomore in college. Like, wow. so not only I'm, I'm, like, you know, I'm looking at God, got my GED, got my associates, you know, now I'm in college, and then this happens. I'm like, oh, my God, like, like what is it? Like, wh- I'm listening. What is it? And it just got to a point to where I seen the kids that I was impacting and the, just the people, not even kids, just people in general, because when I was incarcerated, I had people that wanted to fight me because I wasn't being successful. They were like, you don't belong in here with us. You're supposed to be out there in school somewhere. But yet, I'm like, okay. So it took a little bit of other people seeing what was in me (laughs) to be able to say, oh, okay. Like, not only is it my dream, but somebody else is depending on me, and I don't even know that they're depending on me. But every day that went by, I just felt like something was missing. Like, I was done playing basketball. I, I didn't have that, you know, that junkie itch until I realized that I was in bondage. And that's what it was. I, I went to a Sunday Sunday church one morning, and the pastor was preaching, and he was just talking about being in bondage and how if you can't talk about something that has happened in the past and see how it can grow someone, he was like, you can be as, you know, holy, holy as you want. Like, you're still in bondage if you haven't mm-hmm. let it go completely. So, and that's when it hit me that I was like, I, I've been dealing with stuff that I didn't talk to my mom about, my dad about. You know, I had a little bit of, you know, hatred in my heart. You know, just things right. I just held in because I was in that age where you couldn't ask questions. It was like, you know, right. hey, hey, mama, why my sister light skin? Go outside and play football. You know, it was like, right. okay. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I couldn't ask right. questions. You went around when grown folks was talking. You had to be outside. Exactly. So as I grew older, you know, I'm meeting a sister that I did. I met at 17. I'm like, wow, like what she been all my life. I meet her at 17. So just like, you know, so many things was happening. I was just like, man. And then that's when I realized that God said, look, you are in bondage. Like, you need to be able to release the burden that you are feeling. Give it to me because I've already paid the cost for it. And then now you can do is, as they say, you are saved by our testimonies. So even if I just reach the one person that needs to hear it, the fact that I have different platforms and I'm being transparent, that they'll be able to connect as soon as I open my mouth to say, hey, I once was in high school, and I know what it's like to try to fit in, and you don't feel like you're fitting in. I I know what it's like to fail a test when you know you only felt it because you didn't want to go home because you're dealing with situations where you probably don't have nothing to eat. You don't know where your next meal coming from. Mm-hmm. You wearing the same mm-hmm. same type of clothes, you know, to school every day. Like I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to the kids and I talk to just people in general, to where I may not have experienced your pain, but pain is pain regardless. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when yeah. if pain is pain, which means any pain that you feel at some point, your body will adjust and adapt and heal. Mm-hmm. Not just heal, it would adjust, it will adapt to be adapt. able to heal. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
It's a process. So when I realized that God works from the inside out, there were some things that people seen on the outside that was good, but on the things that was inside was filthy that needed to come out for other people to see, oh, whatever pedestal they got me on, be like, oh, that happened to you? Oh, whatever happened to you? Well, let me tell you about me. Right. So that's why I know my sister. Yeah, yeah, that's. No, you go go ahead. When my sister passed away from cancer, and she kept telling my nieces and my nephews to just, you know, listen to your uncle. Like, you know, like, and she just kept telling me, she was like, bro, you got to make it. You got to make it. And I just, like, it didn't dawn on me till I realized that we was in the hospice and she was about to, she was about to go. It was her time. And it was just like, like that moment, I was just like, why does she keep telling me I got to make it? Like, what is it? And that's when I realized that life was just so much bigger than me because, you know, kids being from where I'm from, seeing a different, I mean, all I, I thought life was TGI Fridays, Applebee's, and going to Corral. <laughs> I was never exposed to anything else. <laughs> so I was I like, if I can get to those places, let me go to Sizzlers. I'm good. <laughs> but, you know, but then when I got exposed to Bonefish Grill and Roof Crisp and Cheesecake mm-hmm. Factory, I was like, oh, this is this? Like, oh, I, I right. did need to make it. You know, so and, and and it was good because my nieces and my nephews and just people who know my story just needed to see it come full circle to where, you know, yeah, I'm not playing basketball, but I'm doing something that basketball would have done, which is touch people's lives and change, not to change them, but to bring the awareness to where I'm right. going to accept you, no guilt, no shame. You know, no judgment, nothing but love. Wow, and I, I like even how you brought, you know, with, with your sister passing, how that was like a heavy time for you, but it also was like a time of revelation for you as it relates to your purpose. Um, now you said something a while ago, and I, I want to talk about that for a minute. You said that you want to create, or that you are creating. Um, creating a environment where people can come and just basically, you know, just bear it all, just tell, you know, the things that are weighing them down that they've carried for all these years. Now, are you looking to do that as like a center or if you want, if you don't want to share some of it, I understand, but if you want to share some of, you know, the ideas that you have or what it is that you're doing right now in order to create that culture. Yeah, so I'm just um, what I'm doing right now is on Tuesdays, um, eight o'clock Eastern time. Um, I have well, we we have a spiritual development group. Um, it's called um, We Are Royalty. I'm a part of you know that group where my coach is Mr. William Whitfield. And what we've done is we t- sat down and was like, hey, let's create you know a community of people that, as I always tell him, is you're either coming out of a storm, going into one, or you in one. So all that to say, right. no matter who you are right now, listening to my voice, your voice, you are going through something. Right. So knowing that that is a fact that everybody can raise their hand and say, yes, I am going through something, coming out of it or in it, like knowing that we're all in it, and if you take 10 people on a phone call, I guarantee you out of that 10, 
four people probably can help each other because they're going through the same thing, but nobody's saying it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like. So true. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it, even if you look at Facebook, it's like you got people in your circle or so-called friends that can do the thing that you need. You just probably won't ask, but yet they're your friend on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I may need a cake done. I'm like, is Walmart open? Is this place open? But yet you got a person that, you know, you went to school with that's, that do cakes. Right. You know, so it, it just it just gets to a point to where, you know, what I did was, what we did, we just got a group on, on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock. We just kind of break the word down. It's a spiritual development group. And we just let people... Like, I just bring things to the awareness to where I don't throw the Bible at people, but I just break down a different perspective on the Bible, how it can relate to us right now. Right, right. You know, so, and so that's what, that's what we've done. And, you know, callers come in, you don't have to say anything. You can listen and, you know, it's, it's, you know, you don't have to show your face because we do it on, um, um, oh man, what's the app right on my head? Not Zoom mode. Oh, um, Zoom. We do it on Zoom. Zoom. Okay. So we do it on Zoom, and there's a replay. And then, like I said, the group is called We Are Royalty. Or We okay. Are Royalty. And you just, you just you know, go on Facebook, accept that. And like I said, when you see the link, post it. You know, or you can just DM me. And when on Tuesdays, I can just, you know, tag you in to just do it. And um, it, it is really growing. It is, we really met people that really see that we really truly mean what we're saying. Like we don't judge you. I mean, people mm-hmm. come in there and say some things that you'll be like, I can't believe he said that or she said that. Like, yeah, this is we got real issues just like you. You know? Right. So and, and that's what that's what it is. I I feel like nobody's I can't say nobody's doing it, but um the will has already been created. I'm just like, well, the people can't get to church, you know, because of their busy schedule. You know, I know they probably could do a Zoom and just say, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this. And they see other people, you know, dealing with the same thing or being able to be open. That can be the first step that they see is somebody else doing it. Yes. And then, you know, you were talking about how it's a process. For some people, you know, like you said, they don't have to show their face, so they may not be ready to show their face. But this Mm -hmm. is the ground that helps prepare them to show their face. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, most definitely because, like I said, we some people have a as they call it a representative. And let me show you my representative, and mm-hmm. not you know who I am. Mm-hmm. And and you know sometimes like I said that process is people really want to show you who they are, but like I said, we're so much in bondage from like I said not accepting our truth and letting go of the past, where right. it 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 builds these catalysts that you know. When you start to make a decision, you don't even know that catalyst is built up because you didn't push it off so much, but it's still there and you haven't dealt with it. And um, when that happens, it's just, like I said, it's a process to where it just start deteriorating, you know, what you really want to do. And then when somebody asks you, you know, hey, what's wrong? Like, you don't want to say, oh, everything's fine. You really just want to give it all out. Mm. Listen, guys, again, the call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 
387-1756. I encourage you, if you're listening and you're being blessed by this conversation, and I know that you are because <laughs> I'm being blessed by this very conversation, call in, join in on the conversation because a lot of things are being said that need not just need to be heard but need to be experienced. All right, guys? So I encourage you, call in. All right, let's keep going in the conversation, okay? Yes, sir. Now, I noticed um, you have a, a YouTube page and even on Facebook where you use uh, Willsdom, Willsdom. Yes. Can you explain what Willsdom is? Willsdom, in one word, Willsdom is determination, but it comes from, well, if you see my logo, it is, it's two sides to everything, and if you use your brain, a light bulb will go off for you to be successful. And so I just call that process just determination, and that's that's kind of sums up like what I had to be who I am today. I just had to be determined, and and who I wanted to be. As I posted this morning in my in my YouTube on my Facebook Live, that we wake up every day with an opportunity, and to know that we also woke up to know we have a purpose, and within your purpose, you are given a gift every time you wake up. Mhm. Awesome. Okay. So now you were talking about your videos. Where do you find the inspiration for your videos? Is it something that's dropped in your spirit from God or something that you've experienced in your life or others have experienced? How do you find inspiration to create new content? I think it's on a daily basis, if I'm correct. Yeah, it is. Um well, first, I know, I don't know, I know, it definitely comes mostly from God to just pay attention to my surroundings because everything is in front of you. As they say, everything you need is in the, is in the church. But every, And the church is, of course, our body. So, I mean, if I'm looking at other people's bodies and looking at, you know, their environment, like everything is given to me. Just like, you know, looking at a mountain. Like, like some people can see a mountain. Some people see the size of the mountain. Some people see what's on the other side of the mountain. It's a perspective, you know, so I could take anything and break down the perspective on what I see that somebody else may not see, and that's a gift. Like, you know, that's a gift to be able to just break something down and make something that has already been preached, taught, or learned and make it to where it's now understood universal. Mm Mm-hmm. So so my inspiration just comes from, like I said, the first thing I do when I get up is, of course, you know, I give the man upstairs, God, his praise for just waking me up, spending time with him. And then once I do that, it's just like everything is just like in slow motion. I'm, I'm watching, like, what happens, you know, as far as, like, a car accident. Like, you may see a car accident. I may see a blessing, you know. Right. Or just, you know, like everything, I'm just, just looking at it in a way that a form that people just may not look at it because when they wake up, they're already on a on a go and haven't spent time with themselves just to say, like you said, breathe in, breathe out, to say I love myself in the mirror, no matter what comes, what goes, and get up. Like a lot of people don't do that. They just wake up like, oh, I'm late. Kids got to do this, got to do that, got to go, got to put gas in the car. Like they just, they already on a move. So now it's like, so my inspiration just comes from my work ethic, like just my work ethic and just being aware of what's around. 
and what I'm feeling. Like, you know, I can wake up one day and, like I said, show my artistic to be like, you know what? Today I was really tired. I really was. I never said it all day, but I was tired today. But yet I knew if I didn't do what I needed to do and not what I feel, it probably would erupt the course or a domino effect for somebody to just be like, see, I knew Will wasn't real, or I knew, you know, I couldn't depend on this person. So that that's what kind of inspired me to just, like, just look at different things of life, the way that people take things for granted, and I try to just bring it to your view, like being stuck in traffic, just, you know, something spilling on you, or a, a bad breakup, bad divorce, bad, you know, just, just anything that people just seem like, oh, it's always me, like nothing bad supposed to happen to me. Like, no, it does. Let me show you where in the Bible it says it. You know, it's like, you know, they crucified God for just doing miracles. You know, who are we? Right. <laughs> you know, you kill somebody just right. doing the right thing. Especially because of legalism. So, they man with Jesus because he did it on the Sabbath. Didn't even yeah, speak yeah. to the point that the man was healed. <laughs> that yeah, exactly. Even, you know, in their who they weren't even focused on that. They were focused like no, they, not at that, all. That's the thing. Yeah, they ne- they never denied that he didn't heal them. They just like okay, we understand right. that. They put that on the rug. He did it on Sunday. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> come on. But that's all we think not, about. You, you, but yeah, yeah. And, and 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 that's why I said yeah. even looking at that story, we can relate that to life. Like right. people don't like people. Right. People look at other people's blessings, not knowing that they can have the same one. It's just something that they're not doing that they're paying attention to. Like you're looking at the fact that they got the house, but you're not looking at the fact what you need to be doing to where you can get the same house. Right. And I tell people like, you all the time, about the blessing. So yeah, so focus on what's going on with somebody else. Because we haven't valued what's going on with us yet. And you said something about how um, how you have a gift to be able to see things differently. You basically have a gift of being able to see things differently and how you wake up in the morning, first thing you do, you're giving it to the creator. You're giving him what's due to him because you recognize it's because of him. You can live, breathe, and, you know, make moves. And you said, and then after that, it said slow motion. And I think that a lot of people never slow down. You were talking about the fast pace of it. And I tell people, I call it centering yourself, like where you just relax just for a minute. And I tell people all the time, it'll help change your perception and perspective of things. And you will begin to see that, okay, I'm stuck in traffic. Well, it was an accident. Um, you know, 10 miles ahead of me, and if I was on time, I could have been in the accident, not, you know, celebrating somebody else in the accident. But, you know, you start to see those things, or you see, if I'm stuck in traffic, that gives me a little more time to talk to God this morning, because maybe Mm -hmm. it's something he wants to really share with me this morning. And I, 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 I can definitely agree with that. Like, I remember times I would see everything negative. It was like, my mindset was, Everything that could go wrong will go wrong. And it, my mind was just mm-hmm. so negative, and I didn't realize it. You know, I didn't realize it until I took a step back out of the situation and was like, whoa, you are really pessimistic right now, <laughs> you know, because of yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it, and so it just goes back to, you know, yeah. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said it just it just gets to that point to where, like I said, it comes back to what I said, just accepting the truth about it all. Right. And and realizing like when you take that step back, like things slow down for you, even though you woke up two hours earlier or an hour earlier, like it gives you more you know more time, which means it requires you to give more effort to just start you know doing something that is different to be able to grow to the max of who you really want to be. And that's why now, like, when I wake up and, you know, I've gotten to a point to even when I'm late, I'm on time. Right. And people miss that. Like, even when I'm late, I'm on time, meaning I will wake up so early that I will always go at an earlier time. So now when I do wake up late, it's like I was never late because I was always waking up at least two hours early to give me cushion. So now I woke up an hour earlier. I don't. I still don't have to rush, you know, through my day to get through what I have to get through because everybody has experience. But once you start, you know, get your mind thinking, the first thing you do is grab your phone and you start scrolling, you know, and you didn't even you know, wake up and brush your teeth or anything. Like you already, you 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 haven't already understood that your mind is saying, "Hey, it's time to work." We ain't even had time to get a glass of water, nothing to drink, take care of us. We already in thinking mode. Right. And I tell people, too, when you wake up and do that, now you've let all that outside junk, all that outside energy, and now inside of you, and now that influences everything you do throughout the day. You may have woke up and like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. Then you get on Facebook, you read a comment, or you read a post, and you feel as if I know they're not talking to me. You know, you know how it yeah. goes. The whole mm-hmm. concept oh, yeah. that, that it goes, and it, and it just now it just begins to contaminate. You know what you originally had planned for that morning. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. <laughs> so, so now we've talked about all of that. Okay. So, how did you become the speaker? Because I see you're a speaker and a mentor. How did you become the speaker? How did you become the mentor? Um, I spoke it in existence. I never forget the date. It was this year. Was it this year or last year? Last year on January fourth, to be exact. January fourth, we was in church and my pastor was like, Hey, go across the room, tell the person what you want to do, you know, and and to go from there. So when he said that, I went across the room and I said, Hey, I want to be an inspiration, a motivational speaker and a mentor and literally within like a week I had three principals that was at the church and they all had these programs to where like they needed men to be mentors and I got a part of my brother's keeper and then it just it took off from there to realize I was like okay this is bigger than me I got a story to tell you know and everything I need was at the church and once I spoke to those schools that's when somebody came to me and was like, what's the name of your business? And I was like, business? I was like, I just want to speak. I don't even, I, I just want to, you know, I didn't know I could get, you, you know, I just, I that's what it, I was just so humble about it. Like, I just like, yeah, I, I just wanted it. to speak and tell my story. I didn't know there was a business. Right. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. So, and that's when I realized that, like, I just want to do it, even if it's, you know, from my heart. But as I said, everybody has a gift. And my gift is to encourage people, you know, and be the and be the best at it by just giving them what everyone wants is encouragement or everyone needs 
is encouragement. Not motivation. It's more than just encouragement mm-hmm. because you only you only motivated to do something that you want to do. Like nobody's motivated to do something they don't want to do. That's it's what you want to do. Listen, 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 listen. Are y'all listening uh, out there? Because I I didn't mean to cut you off, but you just said something right there that sparked something. Because I tell people, don't call me a motivational speaker because I tell everybody, you must be motivated from within yourself. Because if you feel Mm -hmm. the motivation comes external, it's only going to be based off of circumstances and situation. And if I'm your motivation, what happens when I'm not motivated one day? Then do you just completely quit? I said, I will inspire you. I will encourage you. But that motivation, mm. ah, that was good. That was really good right there. Yeah. It's 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 one of those things you can't teach. It's like you can't teach passion. Right. You know, you, right. you got to love what you do. Yeah, you got to love what you do regardless of who says what. But, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things. You, gotta, you have to just, like, passion is something you can't teach. Like, when I played basketball, that's what kept me on the court, even though I didn't know the plays. I had a passion right. for the game. Like I, I loved it. Like it was, that's what I wanted to do. Like I became my authentic self to be. I didn't have to score thirty points a night, but I was everybody's favorite player. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to, you know, be six six. But at the end of the game, with three minutes left, everybody wanted me on the court with them. So, and that's when my work ethic, your work ethic is built. And when your work ethic is built. Like everything else falls in line with what you want it to do and what you want to happen because of your work ethic. That's why I tell these kids that's basketball. Like, what you do when you first go in the gym? They be like, oh, I want to get my shots up. Like, that's too vague. Like, it's a difference when you say, I want to shoot a 1,000 or I want to make a 1,000. Like, if you make a 1,000, I mean, you probably going to shoot probably 2,000. Right. So now you're working harder. And that's where that work ethic kick in. And most people just don't have that work ethic, but they need to see it to be able to see, okay, if this person can do it, if he can work two jobs, take care of four girls, take care of the house, do the thing he got to do, and be a speaker and mentor, surely I can do it. Right. Man, listen, this hour came so fast, I didn't even realize that we were, you know, at that mark. But, guys, he says so much, like so much in this hour that we can take, eat on, not just tonight but and not just tomorrow, but the days, weeks, months to come. He has dropped so much wisdom on us that, or wisdom on us today <laughs> that I yeah. know that it's going to help transition, you know, as I say, from – merely existing to for living a life full of purpose. But listen, we got about three minutes or so left on the live part of the show. What I want you to do, I want you to have your last words to them. Take about two minutes, give your last words, then let everybody know where they can find you and follow you and all that great stuff. Okay. And my last words is believe in yourself. I understand it's your thoughts, it is your decision, and it's your life. And to do that, you got to just know that you got to accept your truth, you got to let go of the past, and you got to believe in your future. That's what you got to do. And look, you can find me on Instagram. On Instagram, it is Wisdom Life. That's W-I-L-L-S-D-O-M. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook. You can just type in Willie Sanders. 
or you can just type in wisdom, either one to give it to me. Um, also, you can check out my website. My website is www.wisdomlife.com. Um, and then you can also find me on, I said, Facebook, Instagram, Wisdom Life. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Those those three. And then on YouTube, my YouTube is just Willie Sand Willie D Sanders, and you'll see me. Or you can just type in hashtag Wisdom. You can also find me on there. And I post every day. I put a post. I go live pretty much every morning that I can, no matter where I'm at. So look, I just want y'all to just be great, be the best version of you by giving 110% effort and accepting your truth, let go in the past, and believing in your future. All right, again, Will, we thank you for joining us on tonight. Thank you for, you know, your transparency and your willingness to share your story with us on tonight. Listen, as I said, I know you all were blessed because I was blessed as well. Now, also, tomorrow night, we're back on here um, with Dr. Jesse Sanders. Now, y'all got the oh. same last name. I don't even know if y'all related. Might be related. <laughs> the Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Dr. Jesse Sanders, he's a family therapist and a he's a speaker himself as well. So he's going to be on tomorrow night. He's going to talk about his book that he's written. Um, that's going to be a blessing as well. So make sure you guys tune in on tomorrow night. I thank each and every one of you for joining us tonight. Without each of you, there would be no show. There's no need for us to get on here and talk to each other. Nobody's listening, so we thank you for taking the time out to listen. When you could have been doing anything else, remember to follow me on all my social media platforms just by typing in my name. Also, to stay up to date with everything that I have going on and to learn about the services that I offer, you can visit my website at www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Also, um, you can also purchase my book as well, From Stagnation to Transformation. If you're at that place in your life, you know there's more to life than what you're experiencing now, you can also get the book on my website. Again, we thank you, Will, for joining us on tonight. I thank each thank and every one of you guys once again. And as I always say to close out every show, and I've been trying to make it to where I make it on time to close out a show, and I never seem to be able to make it, but I think we're going to do it on tonight. I want you to create a great day by walking in your purpose and executing your vision. Be blessed. All right, we're off the live. Y'all, I was 16 seconds off. I'm really trying to perfect that, and I have not been able to perfect that on any show yet. I either go <laughs> over or I've always leaving amount, a certain amount of space. I haven't mastered that part yet, but I promise you I'm going to yeah. get it, guys. All right. So now let's talk about um, – I want to talk about you, – you explained your logo, but is um, I see you have the hats. I see you have the hoodies and the t-shirts if i'm correct is the is the merchandise available for people to purchase it is um i have i have a link that i have to if you go on my my facebook page on my business page you'll see the link okay. to where it, um it has the hoodies different color hoodies 
and things like that. And then every now and then, um, I come up with ideas and I call my guy and I have these shirts that I just, you know, come up with. And those are the ones that I do individually because I do something different as far as I write something personal. Like I, like Amazon not doing this, you know, anything you order something from online doesn't do it. So I want to do something that is right. different from probably any speaker and take my own personal time that I have to show the gratitude for them just even, you know, showing love. So I write something personal to every shirt that I send off. Like I just did um, probably about 40 before I just came to Denver. And then my daughter stayed up about two o'clock in the morning, just delivering them because um, people don't have to believe in what they do. And I want to show them something different that is being done by doing something personal that Amazon is not doing, you know, the Les Browns and to the, the Eric Thomases. Like I want to be a standout person. Right. Right. And like you said, a lot of people aren't taking that time to do it, especially the big companies as well. And you don't even know what that uh, uh bring to somebody to to think like, oh man, he took time out to little old me to give a yeah, message like yeah. that really can, you know, really transform somebody's life and help with their you know development of their value. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Now. What's the inspiration behind your clothing? Is it going to be a complete clothing line? I've been calling it a clothing line already. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, eventually I'm going to get to that point. Like, you know, maybe not a coat. Okay. I mean, it, it may be. Like I said, I just, I just, like, I don't make money off the merchandise. I, you know, that's that's mm-hmm. not my my pillar of income. Like, it's me you. booking the gigs to go speak. But like, people who want to, you know, invest and be a part of the movement, like, right. it's just really, that that really inspires me because I'm like, okay, yeah, so it, so I see people can probably take it that way. Like, if I get a business person that's, like, clothing designer, I can be like, hey, this your thing, you know, this your baby. But right now, like, if somebody wants something, they can inbox me. I can go on the, the site. Like, I have, like, the beanies and the custom-made stuff. Like, that stuff is more like you probably have to contact me directly because I have a person behind the scenes that make it for everybody. And, um, yeah, shout out to to him. He's he's such a blessing to help other people around me. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I don't think it become a a line, but it could, you know, another source of income. Right, right, right. And then, you know, we need the multiple sources to come in. Yeah. But, um, yeah, shout out to those in the background that push – you know, those of us on the forefront's vision, sometimes they do get overlooked, but I know I can tell that you appreciate those that, that are in the background working, you know, to help bring about your vision the same way I appreciate those that definitely help with mine. Yeah, that's, now, that's definitely, you go ahead. No, go ahead. You go. No, no, I was just agreeing with you. I was agreeing with you. Okay. Okay, okay so I know you're a speaker. I know you're a mentor. Um, but I was listening to you talk. Do you do life coaching? Do you do consulting or anything like that? I do. Um, I'm getting to a point where me and my ad man, we're getting ready to, like, probably next year build a curriculum okay. as far as, you okay. know, what you're, what you're going to get in, in the life coaching, what you're going to get um, on the one-on-ones and start um, start that other other business part to where people need okay. it, 
and I'm able, I'm free to give it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something that is that is needed. I've helped a lot of people. Well, I say I helped them, but the spirit guides me to be like, hey, this is what they need to do. And some people, I just tell them straight up, like, I, I can't help you. Like, God is telling me, like, pray for yourself. Like, you know, <laughs> like, if it ain't, yeah. I'm just being obedient. I get it. <laughs> Trust me, I tell people obedient. all the time, if, if I don't feel led to help you, I don't even care about the financial side of it. If I don't yeah. feel led to help you, if God doesn't give me a plan for you, I'm not doing it. I'm not mm-hmm. messing your life up, and I'm not going to mess my life up by messing yours up. So I get Correct. that. Now, what about projects-wise? I guess you just talked about the life coaching component that you're about to implement within the next year or so. Do you have any other upcoming projects that you might want to share uh, with the listening audience? Yeah, so I do have a book that's getting ready to drop. Um I'm in the process of getting that. Um, it's pretty much going to be called uh, Wisdom. Um, so that, okay. that's going to be a, a really good project. Um, it's it's kind of like a inspirational workbook. So it, like every every okay. day has an affirmation of probably my life or something I've experienced. And what I do is I give you uh, pretty much a call to action after each one or something you can write in that made you feel what you can relate to after just what you just read. So you can actually write in it. And I think a lot of people um, who read books, like, want to take notes, and they probably don't have somewhere to put notes down or something that they felt from it. So I wanted to bring that to everyone. So that's that's coming out. So it's, a, it's a, my, my first book. I never thought I'd be writing or being an author, but I have that in the works. Um, I also have getting ready for um, school. I got two schools that I'm, I'm booked to go to to go speak. Um, okay. I'm excited about those uh, back in New York. Okay. Um, what else I got in the works? I got my consultant coming up. Um, I think that's about it. I think between that and then getting ready for next year's um, commissioning speeches that I'm probably going to be doing at certain schools. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, those who want to be able to follow you and know everything that's going on, and definitely those that want to, you know, purchase the book, because I love that you said that you got a, um, you know, a section for them to write something in, because I always tell people the application part of it is just as important as reading it. If we don't apply it and we don't do some work with it, then, you know, we don't really benefit fully from it. So that's that's great. I only have one more question for you, then I'm going to let you go. Okay. I do this with every guest. We started this about a month ago. Um, We honor the transforming transformers in our lives. And basically, the transforming transformers are those who have served as mentors, leaders, those that have helped us, you know, in some of our craziest times or help us, you know, when it was time for us to transition from things. So, I ask everybody to give either two or three people that are in your life that have been those transforming transformers that have helped push you in times when you needed those pushings the most. Uh, most people, I would say, first would be uh, my mom. Most definitely my mom. Um, behind that, 
would be family, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, that includes cousins, my daughters, you know, my wife. And mm-hmm. other people that are doing exactly what I'm doing. And that's right, just right, spreading right. The, the gospel, spreading the good news of who God is and looking at the different gifts and different talents and purposes that we all can come back to. So seeing that those three things are the most things that push me and strive every day. Awesome. Awesome. We honor everybody that he listed from um, the family members, the, those that are pushing all of those. We honor you on today for being there to help push others to accomplish their goals and their dreams. I do have one more question after you said that kind of sparked another question, if you don't mind. Okay. Now you were talking about spreading the gospel and the, um, I was listening to you talk and you were talking about how, you know, basically you spread the gospel in a manner where people can relate to it today. And that's awesome because I feel like if we don't have that component of it, we're going to lose generations, this generation mm-hmm. and the generations that are the club. Now, yes. if somebody asks you, who is God to you, How who would you say God is to you? Hmm. I don't know where to begin. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> right. I mean, he's the beginning and the end. I mean, to, to me, he's just, you know what? God is grace. That's what he is to me. And I say that because everybody wants grace, but don't nobody want to give it. And to know that I have a God that allows himself to have his grace is sufficient, like, I, I can't fathom, you know, not having his grace. And that's, so to me, to know, like, I've been incarcerated, I've been in this situation, I've been hurt, been in pain, but yet God has still been there and showed me his grace. So so God is grace and love to me. That's, I mean, that's that's the ultimate thing he is to me. Awesome. Awesome. That, that listen, that sums it up right there, that grace especially when you say we all want it, but a lot of times a lot of us struggle to extend it. Now, um, I'm going to let you go, but you said something again that sparked another question. Oh, yeah. With everything that you went through, how did you not become angry with God? I didn't become angry because I believed in who he was and not what he can do. Like mm-hmm. my mom, thank, thankful for her that she installed in me at an early age who God was and showed me, you know, the, the foundation. And, you know, and as a young age to read the story of Job, to read the story of David, to read all these stories and to see that it comes to pass, like how, like, yeah, I could have been like Job, and been angry, but mm-hmm. I couldn't be angry because I was living in a world of sin. Mm-hmm. And to know that someone died for me to be able to live, mm-hmm. I can't, I, I, it, my mind won't let me be angry because he, someone has died for me to be able to breathe. 
Awesome. That's all I have. Uh, it was just those questions as you were talking. Those questions were, you know, were stirred up in my mind. Um, I always like to ask people, you know, who is God to them? And then I always like to ask, too, you know, with, with everything that they've been through, when people share their story, how did they not become angry with God? And a lot of people have different, you know, things that they say, but I'm always interested in it because sometimes it does seem easy to become angry with him, but you took it back to what you said um, in the beginning of your bio, you know, becoming accountable. You were talking about, you know, mm -hmm. the accountability when you said I couldn't be angry with him because I was living in this world of sin. So you were taking responsibility, you know, for mm -hmm. the situations that you were creating and understanding that even in the midst of it, his grace was still sufficient. So, again, listen, mm -hmm. I want to thank you, Will, for joining us, man. Let us know when the book comes out. We'll have you back on here. You can talk about the oh, book. Oh, most definitely. Um, again, like I said, thank you. To the listeners, thank each and every one of you for listening again on tonight. Write us, let us know. You know, if this broadcast blessed your life, as I said, I already know it did. So just write us and let us know how it blessed your life. And you can write us at admin at the transformation center dot life. And center is spelled C-E-N-T-R-E. Be blessed. So I know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment, and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment. And if you do, you may not need a full overhaul at the moment. However, you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, this is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, you can do both by visiting YourSupernormal.com. Let's get it.